0: Hello and welcome to my podcast, Into Deep. I am your host, Jack Rowland. Um, I think it's been about oh, eight months or so since I started this podcast, and I would just love to give you all a massive thank you for tuning in, listening, and inviting me into your ear holes as you do whatever it is you do when you listen to a podcast. Uh, it's just been already it's it's pretty early days still as far as a podcast goes I think this is episode 32 uh, but it's already just been it's been crazy it's it, it, what an amazing excuse to talk to all the weird unique beautiful guests that have inspired me creatively or inspired my interests and offered me new perspectives on whatever it is we're talking about um, I don't mind saying I I think I think we've had some pretty good quality conversations over the uh, over the last eight months and this one is absolutely no exception coming up. I'm hoping to expand it a bit more, get a website up, get an email and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I would love to hear from you guys. At the moment, the only point of contact is the Instagram account that I have, which is at into Um Feel free to hit me up, reach out if you want, tag me in people that inspire you, um, whatever. It's great to actually get some feedback and hear from the listeners because... You put it out and you just let it float off into the ether and really have no idea how it, how it gets received. But I um, would love to hear from you guys. I would love to also ask one massive favor from you all. Just let your friends know. Um, recommend an episode. Share it on Facebook, Instagram or whatever. But uh, get the word out there. Um, and that will just allow this project to keep growing. I really want it to. I really. I'm uh, in mean it for the long haul, guys. Um, so yeah, I would love. I would love any help I can get. Um, today's episode, I am extremely grateful to talk to the incredibly inspiring art visual artist called Sean Thornton. Uh, now, Sean has a pretty unique, amazing story. He, his work is phenomenal. It's incredibly chaotic, detailed, colourful. Uh, infused with all sorts of symbology and um, kind of like a, a, a motherboard mind map. But uh, Sean actually had a, uh, a tumour on his pineal gland. And many of you trippers out there may know that the pineal gland has long been speculated to be a natural producer of DMT in the human brain. Um, his work's crazy. We have a pretty great chat, and uh, I had a lot of questions for him. So, we really go into his journey of dealing and recovering from a cancerous brain tumor and how that's affected him creatively. I hope you guys like this one because I sure did. So, is there a point to all this? I think we're getting in too deep. You
1: don't apply. Bad luck. I have one speed, I have one gear. Go 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 go
0: go go. I'll tell you when we're getting into deep, 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 deep. Awesome. Hi, Sean. How are you? Hello. I'm okay. Strange times. Yeah, man. You were just saying before we started that the I wasn't sure where these riots are. They're in your city, are they? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They're. They were downtown last
1: night, but they're in uh, West Philadelphia, where I live, Holy this shit. evening, as well as other parts of uh, Philadelphia. So,
0: what's the okay. vibe? Uh, Pretty
1: tense. I, I have not been out today. Um, there's large protest a few blocks from here. Um, there's a big police presence, and supposedly there's a tank there. And fuck cops are uh, uh, shooting tear gas at the protesters but the protesters are not relenting and there's uh they think they've set four cop cars on fire
0: in your city so no just in my neighborhood tonight in your na- set... in your neighborhood yes fuck man i'm so sorry to to hear <laughs> this is this must just be terrifying
1: oh it's uh pretty tragic but it's uh... tragic yeah it's hopefully um, it might solve some some of the uh, the the racial inequalities in this city and around our nation.
0: Mm. Yeah, I, we can only can only hope, man. I, I watched that video and it's um it's it's really hard to watch. Hey, it's it's just mm-hmm. it's horrible.
1: Um, and, and also on top of that, um, people are gathering very close together to protest and we are still are in the middle of a pandemic and that's quite frightening kind of
0: yeah it's really crazy how quick the the news just keeps moving isn't it i mean Mm -hmm. all of a sudden we're seeing all these protests and just like that you have to remind yourself that yeah the pandemic's still happening and um this is You know, I've been saying for a while, like this pandemic is is so scary. But what if something happens on top of this where there's even more chaos thrown into the mix? And um, unfortunately, it seems that that's happening right now. So Mm -hmm. so there's 40
1: 40 million uh, people out of work and, Mm. you know, over 100,000
0: dead in the U.S. Over 100,000. Fuck man, yeah, dude. I'm sending a lot of love to to your country right now, man. It's um, I've been to America a couple of years ago. Absolutely loved it. Loved the people. Loved the vibe. And it's um, it's really sad. It's 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 tragic, as you said, really tragic. So, sending yeah. Hope um hope all all your loved ones are safe. Oh, are you still there? Oh yes, yes. Yep. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> um, Man, I've been wanting to talk to you um, ever since I discovered your art. Um, First of all, I just want to give you absolute praise for your art. I think it's amazing. Um, It's really otherworldly. It's thank you. um, Yeah, I haven't really seen anything quite like it. I've seen a lot of psychedelic art. A lot of people try and recreate uh, things like, you know, the psychedelic experience or even the DMT experience and – I don't, you know, don't know ex- exactly if that's what you're trying to recreate, but it it oh, definitely no, has not, this. Not at all. No, <laughs> but um, your story is really interesting to me. Um, so yeah, I may- maybe I'll just let you you take the reins here, and um, wondering if you wouldn't mind just kind of telling telling us about your story.
1: Well, um, first of all, my story is. Now um, over, let's see, I was diagnosed and treated in 2006 when I was 29 years old. So it was 14 years ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, as you know, had a tumor in my pineal gland. And uh, uh, I guess the story began with, uh, uh, started out as a, mental illness diagnosis like uh, after i went to art school um i uh, started having a lot of uh, problems with my controlling my brain so to speak like i started um having really systemic body aches and uh And uh, I couldn't really control anything that was going on in my brain. And they would kind of be, well, they were episodic. Um, Like they would last for a number of hours to uh, uh, over the span of the years that I was being misdiagnosed or not fully diagnosed, Um, uh, I would uh, have issues for months at a time. to daily episodes lasting for four or five hours, then they would subside. But um, Were you able to function I,
0: during these episodes? Were you able to uh, kind of...
1: I was, but it was uh, with an incredible amount of discipline. And um, the episodes I was having were incredibly scary because it was almost like I had a chemical invader or a spirit of some sort... Um, demon or something um, inserting its will into my own conscience and it was just it it was like a programming that's just counter to my own um, rational thinking it was like you know if I was in a car, I wanted to drive the car off the road. I mean, the impulses really? from what was happening was like it's like just a complete meltdown. I just like wanted to drive the car off the road or um, <clears throat> run the car, smash it into other cars or
0: So did it feel jump like out a window a... Oh, or
1: geez. jump out in front of a car or stab somebody? It was awful. just oh really God. fuck fucking horrific. But the whole time i was like no you can't do that <laughs> like mm-hmm. what the fuck is wrong with you but it was like it was just this intense um pervasive feeling that would come over me and it was like but it felt like um i mentioned another pet podcast and i've mentioned i've spoken to in terms it just felt like there was battery or battery acid like running through my veins and into my uh nervous system into my brain a uh It was just like it was very, very torturous, and years of like fighting those urges. And uh, thank goodness that I got out of it without hurting myself too badly or hurting anybody else. And uh, uh, yeah, I'm too, man. Yeah, but in in art school, I um, I put an incredible amount of pressure on myself and I wasn't taking care of myself. And I think uh, the way I just um, what I was, how I was uh, my natural inclination towards um, painting in the style I developed is incredibly uh, anal retentive. And maybe that's one facet of my personality that is or attentive but the rest of me really isn't so I think there was a major conflict in there that kind of stirred up these issues and I was painting really really obsessively and um, back then when I was in my early 20s and I didn't wasn't really watching what I was telling myself and I was probably the you know when you're in a meditative process like painting or something like that you're you really got to keep checks and balances on your mind and what you're telling yourself. Mm. And, uh, I just, and I was not eating and not sleeping and smoking two packs of cigarettes a day, probably laced with oil paints and whatever knows whatever art, art, uh, art, uh, materials, toxic art materials I was coming in contact with. Mm. But, um, well, after I was in a, city, um, Richmond, Virginia, when I was in art school. And I, 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 like I said, I was pushing myself really hard. And um, after school, I moved out to a cow farm in a rural part of Virginia. And I had to drive uh, about 20 minutes to get to my job as a sushi chef or a cook in a sushi restaurant. It was by no means a sushi chef. For some reason, this sushi bar would just hire any delinquent. And, uh, <laughs> Sounds the, like a great job. Animal knife skills. Yeah, it, it was really awesome. It was like a punk rock sushi bar. There were like punk shows in the basement and
0: awesome. all sorts of
1: shows. And uh, yeah, it was really very a very, very special place. But um, I was, uh, uh, like I was saying, I on my way to work, I would have to pull over several times during the 20 minute drive to work. Cause I just couldn't control my brain. And I was like really, really struggling to make it the 11 miles to get to work. Every time I had to go to work. Wow. And, uh, that was a nightmare. And, uh, like I said, luckily I never ran off the road or hurt anybody or gotten a car wreck, but it was pure hell.
0: So- and, uh, you said it was kind of like a demon. Did you feel like this yeah. was kind of um, with, did it feel like they were just kind of impulsive thoughts that you were having, or did it feel more like there was someone, an an, an other kind of influencing or um, felt a like,
1: voice? I don't, I don't feel like there was an other, I, I mean, a, another, but it felt like the other, it felt like, I, there, there was only the only voices I heard were often when I would when it like I would climax in not a sexual way <laughs> in a psychosis so when the psychosis would climax when I was in the car. Um, oftentimes, um, I hate to admit it, but I would hear screaming in my head as alarm bells that would be like Is this it's too much, it's too much, it's too much, you know, and then it's like, ah! <laughs> wow. <laughs> but, you know, this was now 18 years ago um, that this was going on, um, almost 20, yeah, like 20 years ago. But, um, yeah, so I uh, did go to the um, doctors, you know, it's like I'm having these issues. Um, but I was having other stuff going on. Like I could feel pressure in my head. I would have um, hallucinations, spontaneous like corks in my head that would cause like eye hallucinations, like visual hallucinations, but they were more like warped, um, a, a warped perception rather than like um, a made up uh, fantasy world or delusion. It was just like a warped, um perspective like something was in my brain mm. pushing something in my brain that just went <coughs> and uh but uh yeah, i went to the doctors and they gave me um initially said that i was uh they initially gave me a de- depressant uh, an antidepressant and an anti-anxiety medication and within a few um like one or two days of taking those um I went haywire like my brain went haywire and I went back like I would um, be like listening to loud music in my car like I normally would when I was um, that age at, uh, driving down the street and uh, the music started to scare the shit out of me like I couldn't listen to it; it just seemed like really evil. Hmm. And then they said, "Oh, you're psychotic," and it was the first time I ever heard that word. And I was like, "Oh my god, this isn't good." And they're like, "Here is an antipsychotic," so I took the antipsychotic, um, and my brain just exploded. There was like, um, it felt like there were um, <clears throat> like invisible doctors uh, pushing on different parts of my brain with like their metaphysical wrenches and like torquing things and those there's this like chemical explosions going off in all quadrants of my brain and i couldn't uh, feel the uh my extremities my heart was ripping through my chest and i was like trying to read a book to calm myself down and everything in between the pages like had had a uh, like insidious meanings like in between the words like i'd be like reading and like Every little thing was like just spelling out these demonic, uh, twisted uh, things, codes and messages. And, um, and I wow. started hallucinating really bad. And I went back to the doctors and I was like, I've only been taking these a couple of days. I think I have a brain tumor because why is this happening? And they were just like, oh, just keep taking it and it'll get better. And I was like, you guys are going to kill me. I'm not going to keep taking this. I've got something going on. Hmm. So course, that was all I got from them. And I went home and uh, continued to experience uh, these episodes. And was having a real bad time. So I um, it was extremely difficult. And I wasn't really improving any. But um, I did... Start then to really um, do, figured out that they weren't going to, the doctors weren't really going to be much use to me at that point. So I started eating really well and exercising a lot. And um, I quit cold turkey from a a two-pack-a-day habit, which um, I had to sleep for two weeks to detoxify Mm. in order. The only time I ever got up was really to go to my part-time sushi cook job, but uh, besides that, I couldn't even like, even stand up to get out of bed to detoxify from a, that wow. smoking habit. But um, yeah, I, uh, I, then I started going to the doctors again and I kept asking for a cat scan to um, see if there was anything organically wrong with my brain. And I was just denied over and over and over again. Um, they would never give me a cat scan. why, and why I, would they uh, deny
0: you that? i mean how how would they how what was the normal way a person would um they would discover I, a brain tumor?
1: They just said I was mentally ill. I didn't have symptoms of a mental of a brain tumor, though looking back at my medical records, I had s- issues enough that other doctors have told me that why didn't yeah exactly what you said why didn't they um my doctors my primary care physician told me that it was unlikely that i had a brain tumor and i had symptoms of psychosis or schizophrenia or they they said that i had um Schizoaffective disorder, which is a, I mean, it's all kind of meaningless verbiage, but they uh, said that I had a, you know, a little bit of manic and with some psychotic schizoid stuff. But um, yeah, I went, I did so many different, went to so many different specialists, and uh, I didn't have health insurance. And uh, my doctor just said that the, Effects of a CAT scan would outweigh the benefits, and that I didn't need a CAT scan. And uh, she—they just—she just kept telling me that uh, I needed to be seen at uh, uh, psychiatric facilities and not 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 uh, that I wasn't uh,
0: wasn't uh,
1: physically ill. That I needed a psychiatric treatment.
0: Well, she needs a bit more but, training, then, doesn't she? Fucking yeah, out. she
1: actually, she actually wasn't training. I went to um, a, a school teach, a teaching hospital, and she was in, te- in training, but she did have uh, a higher up that she reported to. Hmm. But um, yeah, that wasn't that. That was kind of screwed up. But um, I and after um, that initial, the the. Uh, uh, initial time i um reacted poorly to the psychotropic medications they they just um i there was just they, they, that wasn't considered anything they just told me oh just try uh try another one they have side effects i'm like or they'd be like no you that's not uh what happened what happened was your psychosis was getting worse. Your illness was progressing. So they didn't believe that these uh, medications had the side effects so quickly on me because it was only within a few days. They told me, A, they told me I couldn't feel it if I had a brain tumor, which is a total lie because I could feel it. Mm -hmm. And um, they told me that uh, there's no way I could have had any... Um, reaction to the medications within a couple of days. And that
0: was complete bullshit. So they're just basically saying, no, nah, no, nah, you're crazy. You know, you don't know what yeah. you're talking about. Oh, yes. Yeah. I've heard that with yeah. uh, quite a few other people, unfortunately, when people are actually being treated for some kind of mental illness and they'll actually say, no, they, this is happening. And I was like, well, you would say yeah. that, wouldn't you? Because you're going through that and it's just, it's... Yeah, it's pretty bad.
1: Yeah, well, um, after that, uh, I had to quit painting for a couple of years because uh, painting would seem to uh, trigger those episodes and I would feel really ill um, after or during when I was painting. And uh, uh, eventually, after a couple of years, I picked painting back up again and... Um, I was at art school and I didn't really have anybody curating my work. And I don't know if you know this about my artwork, but um, each of those paintings, they take, I'm the slowest, but extremely diligent. I paint every day for many hours, but my paintings take like a year or two, sometimes three years to complete.
0: I read that. That just blows my mind even more. (laughs) They don't look that way,
1: but (laughs) they do
0: take that long complete but um many
1: a a couple years went by i kept going to the doctors and um, things were improving a little bit for me because i was exercising a lot but um, i would still have spontaneous uh, episodes of psychosis and one winter i was really really fucked up for like three months Like my brain, I just could not get it to adjust. It just felt like I was, um, my brain was like incredibly compromised and my immune, my uh, nervous system was really being taxed by something like I was having a real hard problem urinating or like I would get lost in, like I couldn't go outside by myself because I would just not understand my surroundings really. It just seemed like my internal my internal uh, map mechanisms were like being shocked like i just everything just felt like i was in a swirling void of like panic and distress and, um, and nothing really uh, seemed to uh, connect like it would um, would naturally
0: mm. I, uh, well, I had no idea well, it was this horrible, but man, um, oh, it's from it, what it I've gets oh, It gets a lot worse. It gets a lot worse. Well, uh, a couple years after
1: that, I, um, uh, you know, I my knowledge at that point of brain tumors, you know, wasn't very vast. So uh, I was like, okay, I've been going to the doctors for a long time, and it's been a few years, and um, maybe I am. Mentally ill, though I can still feel this juggernaut in my brain, like kicking, kicking around and shifting. Uh, like, like I could feel like chemicals in my brain shift and all over my body. Um, for a couple years, it felt like um, I felt so in tuned and sensitive to um, what was going on in my body. It seemed like anything I put in my body um, really had a Huge impact on it, and I could feel like uh, taxing my system. I could uh, like carrot juice, or even things I ate, or chemicals I would in expose myself to by accident. I just uh, feel uh, various uh, minute shifts in my brain chemistry, my body chemistry. But I uh, bounced that out eventually through uh, diligence and exercise. And um, But uh, like I was saying, a few years went by, and I um, decided to get enrolled at a community behavioral health clinic, and uh, I was going to talk therapy, which was a little funny. Um, it was a group talk therapy, but um, in order to do that, I also needed to take medication. so they put me on a drug for um, schizoaffective disorder, the uh, the class of drug that treats uh, schizoaffective disorder, which mm-hmm. is like I said, a uh, a mingling of <clears throat> symptoms of manic depression and psychosis. and um, they gave me like a half dose because I just kept saying that I was incredibly frightened of taking a medication because my previous experiences. And um, so they gave me a little dose and they said, uh, take this for a week and then we will um, give you the full dose. So I took it for a week and then the day they gave me the full dose, I was at work and um, I just was like yawning and yawning and i could like barely stand up i was like i have to go home uh, so they let me go they uh, let me go home from work and um uh, about 10 miles or uh, 10 minutes into my 20 minute drive <clears throat> just like boom just like hallucinating like crazy and i had a just had a huge panic attack and my body was out of whack and my heart was beating through my chest and I was like hallucinating. And I pulled off to the side of a small rural road. And I was just like panicking for like an hour and hallucinating inside my car. And I didn't really know what to do. I was like going to lay my horn on and scream or run out into the middle of the street and be like, help me. (laughs) And, uh, and I, eventually I was able to get it together to, um, drive the 10 minute ride to drive the rest of the ride rather make it the rest of the way home but i called my i called the psychiatrist and they or i called the behavioral health facility and it took the nurse there like several days to call me back and um a lot of people around me kept telling me to just keep taking it and uh, maybe the side effects would uh, improve and um, the nurse didn't really think anything was wrong and she's just like keep taking it. The psychiatrist finally called me and he kind of like blew me off. It's was like, oh, I'll do just keep taking it and then um Fuck. i i started uh, having a dyskinesia um like uncontrolled spasms in my arms and uh, uh my heart got all fucked up i took it for like i took it for two weeks i took the little dose and i kept taking the full dose i took that for like a week but my symptoms were just getting worse and worse and worse and i um, just shaking uncontrollably and my heart was like i couldn't walk like at all like if i walked like more than two feet i thought my heart was gonna explode inside my chest mm. and then um and my uh, girlfriend at the time like every night she would um we'd be in bed together and she would have to hold me down and i couldn't sleep and i'd be like having these spasms in my whole body and it's like, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, I'm going to die. And, um, after that, week after, um, not take, uh, after I stopped taking the drug, the, uh, those symptoms lasted for an additional month without taking the drug. And I uh, tried to have a conversation with the healthcare system, the behavioral healthcare system, about uh, what was going on. And, uh, you yeah, know, they just blew me off, blamed it on me. They kicked me out of therapy. They're like, if you don't take any drugs, you can't come back here. And um, they said it was, um, I don't know, they kind of dissolved themselves of any responsibility. With, um, I, they gave me, they gave me, the scenario was they gave me, like, 10 pills, and my next appointment was like 12 days later. So, at the end of the half dose, I split a pill like uh, the half dose, I split it so I would still have some in my system before I jumped up to the big dose. So, they told me that, oh, you fucked up there. So, all this that's going on is all your fault. Great. And, um, but, uh, after that, um, it was still a very long time after that that I started to, that I um, was finally diagnosed with the brain tumor in my head. Um, and after after that episode with the uh, geodone, the antipsychotic, um, I didn't go to doctors after that at all. No, well, I tried, I, I, I finally pressured my doctor to let me go see a neurologist to write me a... Uh, script to go see a neurologist, and the neurologist was just just said that I was mentally ill, and I need to be on medications, and there's nothing you can do for me. Um, but um, after that, it was still three years until the tumor. So that that was 2002, 2003, and then in 2005. Um, In the fall, I uh, had a migraine, and then I had uh, another migraine that week. And then I just had migraines for like six months. And then I uh, was finally given a CAT scan, and uh, they told me that I had a brain tumor in my pineal gland. I was like, go figure.
0: How long uh, um, from when you started suggesting, um, I think I would like a CAT scan? It feels like I've got a brain tumor. How long did it take before you actually got the cat scan
1: uh, five or six years
0: far out man. I'm surprised you didn't actually properly develop a a severe mental illness from going crazy from all that all that confusion and pain
1: yeah i mean um, it, it's I mean it's it's very tricky i mean it's 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 um, it, it, it's hard to tell. What um, the how much of it the how much of the mental illness came into play with the brain tumor, and how they mm. kind of uh, rubbed each other in a, a corrosive kind of manner? Because um, and there's no real um, uh, information or documentation out there that s- suggests that the kind of tumor I had would cause mental illness. But um, one thing that uh, would cause mental illness is uh, hydrocephalus, water on the brain, that develops if you have any growth in your head, and um, water on the brain is a big um, uh, w- w- is uh, is um, a symptom of that is psychosis, and also I think taking the um, the medications definitely. Uh, Exasper- exacerbated the uh, the hydrocephalus, probably also whatever mechanisms that the the tumor was pressing on, as well as uh, whatever hormones my pineal gland was regulating. Mm.
0: Do you know what the um, the medication that they were doing exactly what uh, it was doing to you? Like what chemical? What chemical uh, it was. Um, boosts throwing in there or depriving you of or
1: Uh, I think no not really I mean I would imagine that the antipsychotic they gave me would probably uh, affect dopamine Mm. yep I mean that's just a hunch from what I little I know about antipsychotics
0: right so they found the tumour hmm and then and then then what happened
1: um i i was late to the game in in getting a uh, actually going to the doctor after i started having the migraines i kind of was in denial at that point but when i i've had like a seizure after about six months because the hydrocephalus and the stress were just too much. And I ended up in a hospital about four blocks from my house at the time. And uh, they told me I had a tumor in my pineal gland. And I was uh, qu- quarantined at the hospital for oh, about a week while they, were, um, while, they, uh, while they were trying to figure out a game plan on how they were going to, treat and remove the tumor so i was basically sitting in hospital bed getting shot up with morphine on the hour every hour and that was pretty spectacular for a while until um <laughs> uh, my body got oversaturated and it started to fuck me up really bad but uh it was probably about five days of <clears throat> the best time of my life to be honest
0: <laughs> well i i could imagine like I mean, despite the feelings of morphine, just having that relief and of the confusion and pain that you've been experiencing for years, I could imagine it would probably be like, yeah. the the best use of that drug.
1: Yeah, when you are in a morphine, uh, everything's all right mm. for a while, but uh, like all things, it just my body got oversaturated with it, and it started driving me crazy, and I started having hallucinations from that and. It yeah. did all sorts of physical things to me. But, yeah.
0: So um, so what exactly, um, for those, I'm sure many of the listeners do know, but for those who don't, what exactly is the pineal gland and what is its role? And maybe start with where, where even is it?
1: It is in the, um, basically the geometrical center of your brain. It's about a pea-sized uh, organ. And um, it's shaped like a pine cone where it gets its name, the uh, pineal gland. And its main function, which they've discovered, is um, um, its its main uh, hormone that it produces is the... Um, is melatonin, mm-hmm. and it, it's um, it's at the back of the hippocampus. Or huh. it's been a long time since I've actually thought about the uh, the structural mechanisms of the brain. And it's 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 rest over the third ventricle, which was the big big issue that was going on with me, and then why I how I finally was diagnosed because the tumor grew from a little pea-sized organ, and the tumor grew to about three centimeters. And that was covering, and that blocked the third ventricles that the pineal gland rest above. And um, so it trapped the uh, CSF, the cerebral spinal fluid in my brain, and I developed really bad hydrocephalus, the water on the brain. And um, that was causing me to have uh, systemic migraines. And um, I was throwing up and having auras post-drome. Like those uh, vivid uh, lights or the auras around your vision before you have a migraine and um, I had like hundreds of black floaters in my eyes also as a result of the hydrocephalus. And a few times I went completely blind because your pineal gland, um, those kinds of tumors that can um, press on your optical nerve causing you to go blind. But um, the tumor itself was secreting a um, chemical called HCG. The tumor was a, germ cell tumor which um, at birth and uh, when your fetus is developing um, you have these in the the there's a sac away from the fetus called the allatois and um, that is where the waste of the some of the waste of the fetus goes um, and in the alloists, there are um, a finite number of germ cells, like a like a few dozen of them, and they migrate in your body during your the fetus's development to become to determine what sex the fetus is going to be. And uh, at times, um, those uh, a couple of the germ cells they don't reach their destination and they get off off um, track somehow and they can go to your abdomen and create a tumor in your abdomen or they can go to your testicles or they can go to your pineal gland. So um, at birth, some of those germ cells went up to my brain and over many, many years they caused the
0: brain tumor I had called a germ cell tumor. Wow! So that's how it happened. It was basically the waste of the of your fetus, of the fetus that yes. was you, went up to your yes. somehow made its way into your brain. Well, not
1: the not the waste. Sorry, the um, germ cells. Germ These brain. are very yes, they're very very important cells, and they determine your uh, the the the, the, the this hmm. birth sex of the of the um, the fetus. But the germ cells they hide in the alitois. Hmm. There's actually um, a program that was a offshoot of uh, this um, uh, program that's on NPR in the states called uh, uh, wire, not wiretap. Um, I'll think of it in a minute, but the offshoot is called Gonads, and the first episode was about called the Primordial Journey, and it was um, how the journey of, the, uh, of these germ cells and what they go through to the journey they make to determine the sex of the fetus is really interesting. Mm. Um,
0: wow. Yeah. Um, just but, going back to what, so what exactly is melatonin? What Melatonin, is, what does that reg- do?
1: it regulates your sleep-wake cycle. Right.
0: Okay, from my understanding, I
1: actually take it every night to mm-hmm. help me go to bed, which I think used to work. But I have been taking it for years, so I don't really feel so much the effect of it. Hmm. But okay. um, yeah, it's supposed to regulate your sleep-wake
0: cycle. And not
1: having a pineal gland, I'm—I don't.
0: So you, you don't, don't have know, one? They took your pineal gland no. out. Uh,
1: well, the tumor destroyed it. The tumor my pineal gland became the tumor wow. and they didn't take it out. Um, something about the germ cell tumors is I was very fortunate and also a very unfortunate because they are, um, uh, these particular tumors, they're incredibly radio sensitive, meaning, um, that, uh, radiation will shrink them down to nothing like very quickly. Hmm so oh i was also saying about the germ cells um the tumor i had it was secreting a chemical called hcg and hcg is a hormone that um i'm not exactly sure what it is but in it's really really high in pregnant women Hmm. so i tested my blood tested for this hormone which would Indicate that I was pregnant, which is really
0: kind of funny. That's bizarre. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Mm. So you've they found the they found the um the tumor, and yeah, um I've seen through your paintings and also following on Instagram that you you went through some pretty invasive surgery to sort it out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I had to have a third ventral colostomy because of the, again, the hydrocephalus in order to um, do anything about the tumor. The first issue was to um, get the, my cerebral spinal fluid flowing through my nervous system again. So they, and how you do that, um, they, uh, what they did to me was they cut a hole in the top right. Um, side of my head, probably like a little dime-sized hole, mm-hmm. and they um, shove a uh, kind of uh, uh, very kind of um, it, lo- it looks sort of medieval. They kind of like push this um, it looks almost like a baster down through the um, gray matter. They went through my the like the gray matter of my brain and down to the underneath the tumor bed and they poked a hole <clears throat> underneath the tumor bed so the uh cerebral sp- spinal fluid would start to uh go move through my <clears throat> cerebral move through my nervous system and uh the, the, so they did that before I had to have the radiation therapy so yeah
0: that happened. So, they, so um, they didn't remove anything through that surgery. No. No.
1: No. They uh because I tested high in HCG, um, they were pretty sure it was um a germ cell tumor, a penile germinomer, which I was saying again is uh that can be removed with um radiation treatments. So they they did that and they sutured me all up and then uh within a few weeks i started or within a week or so i started my uh, radiation treatments and i had they did five initial treatments to um, to uh, verify that their 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 assumption that it was a pineal gland tumor or uh, sorry uh, a <clears throat> pineal germinoma pineal germinoma and the tumor shrunk in half after the first five treatments. So they were pretty sure they were on the right track. So I had about 25. I had, Yeah, I had exactly 25 treatments after that. And then I went back every five years. And the, my pineal gland is kind of just a little nub. Hmm. <laughs> it's all they can be on a CAT scan.
0: Does it have any function anymore?
1: No, but um, I was going to say that um, most... Human uh, adults don't really have a pineal gland; they're completely calcified. Really? Yeah, which is also um, generally, um, from what I know, I don't know if the if the information on this has been updated, but uh, typically that's uh, been blamed on fluoride. So you can really? go whatever. Whatever rabbit hole you want to on that one, because um, you know there's fluoride, fluoride in our water. There's mm. fluoride in toothpaste, and uh, fluoride calcifies the pineal gland. And for years, they've told us that uh, the information has been that the pineal gland does absolutely nothing. But um, it's it's only been I forgot when they discovered when a doctor discovered that the pineal gland actually um, does have a function that it. Secretes melatonin and is vital to our sleep-wake cycles. Mm-hmm. But I also don't know the effects of not having a pineal gland because so many people don't have pineal glands, and I don't know what it does actually to the human race. And uh, I think that's kind of uh, a big topic in uh, New Age circles. <laughs> I yeah, guess. I had
0: no idea about this. So this is well-waking really, real and true. Oh, it nah, prickled my conspiratorial. Way of thinking huh. right now. Well, you know about the DMT and the pineal gland, <laughs> uh, I would guess. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, i have yes. obsessed over that a little too much.
1: Oh, I know nothing about that. To be honest, I've never done DMT because of my um, experiences with mental illness. I would mm. be kind of scared shitless to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I have taken a lot of mushrooms, and I did a lot of acid as a teenager. But mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. It just it seems a little risky to me
0: yeah, yeah. I, I can totally understand your 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 caution man <laughs> seriously um wow that's um that's that's amazing i mean i had no no idea about even even just that the that they speculate fluoride will um calcify the the pineal gland but yeah oh, you're, you're they, kind they, of they don't,
1: they don't that it's not a speculation that's, that's just not like that's real that's not that's yes that's a 100 120 billion percent real wow. yes okay but unlike yeah. unlike the dmt speculation this one is real it calcifies your pineal gland for mm. sure
0: you've given me a, a a good rabbit hole to go down for the rest of the day on the internet mate <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah um so yeah we, we mentioned dmt so i mean as far as I know, look, the information may be updated and I'm not completely up to date with it all, but they've speculated, not proven, yeah. but speculated that the pineal gland is the main uh, producer of DMT, which is mm-hmm. uh, they think possibly could be um, uh, hold a, a big role in sleep and dreams. And also they've speculated whether that has a huge role in the process of dying. Um, but that, as far as I know, isn't actually... Uh, that's not concrete, is it? That's not. That's not. Um, no, no, no. Um, but I mean, it seems plas- plausible enough
1: to me. Mm.
0: So yeah, I mean, what is like the significance of the pineal gland? Um, seems to kind of be uh, highlighted all through history. In um, history, yeah, for yeah, sure. Um, it's uh, they th- they believe you know the. Uh, the third eye. It's the third eye. Yeah. Um, it's the. It's in the position of the third eye chakra. Um, what's the third eye chakra called? The ar- Ajna Ajra. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that. Yeah. Uh, do do you do you think that this has uh, any kind of relation, uh, um, significance in kind of the the I guess the gateway between. The, the metaphysical and the physical, or the spiritual, or whatever you want to, whatever label you want to put on it? Did this have any kind of, has this?
1: Experience... Sure, I mean, it has,
0: hmm.
1: has a very rich history indicating that, um, indicating as such. Uh, I uh, did a meditation, a 10 day silent meditation once many years ago and i've been trying to revisit it but every time i've made a time to do it something has come up like i need to get a tooth replaced or Mm -hmm. and spend a lot of money on that so i was unable to do it but um yeah i i I, uh, when you're able to um connect on a very deep level in a meditation like that where you're um doing it for a number of hours per day, like a lot of crazy uh, uh, metaphysical, psychedelic things happen in your brain. And um, there's definitely mechanisms that are triggered when you do something like that. And also when you take uh, hallucinogenic drugs, and I'd imagine even more so if you take something like DMT or ayahuasca, Mm. but, uh, yeah and it's this it's um i wouldn't uh i wouldn't discount mm. that the pineal gland is, is a, a, a visionary gland that would that that's that's like a connection to a higher functioning or mm. something an astral plane or something like that I don't yeah. know i guess i'm particularly an expert on it but
0: uh well linking this experience back to your artwork um i mean yeah you've said that yeah you've never taken dmt um but the looking at your work i mean having taken it probably more times than i should have um you know i mean there's really no limits to kind of the visual aspect or the 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 spaces you can kind of go often it will depend on kind of dosage but they're definitely do you,
1: have you do you do ayahuasca? have you do you i've done it once i've done do ayahuasca Iowasca. once
0: yep yeah. um but when i took ayahuasca it was it was in a ceremony in australia mm-hmm. with a i think he was chilean uh, shaman but mm-hmm. i think that i've heard from quite a few people that um when you take it uh, for instance, one of my friends, she went over to Peru and she did like, uh, a 10 day retreat and they were doing it every second day. And it, as she said, it oh. took her a, until the third or fourth trip before she really actually was kind of taken by the, by the, the experience and, you know, really gone deep into that metaphysical realm and made contact with the guides or i i don't know i didn't have that i didn't have that experience i had kind of like a a very light long lasting kind of soft breathe in and out ex, uh, light hallucinations but and it felt nice but i didn't go deep i would be very curious to 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 really revisit that but um but dmt i've i've plunged into the void i've 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 um yeah I should, and those, I be those, but um, <laughs> oh, it's perfectly fine. Yeah. Um,
1: and those are those typically last 10, 15 minutes.
0: Yeah, I think sometimes even even less. I mean, maybe even like six or you know, six minutes, seven minutes. Um, but yeah, definitely friends have have
1: have told me that it's like you know, a seven minute eternity. You know,
0: yeah, yeah, but I mean, sometimes if you. Um, take a hefty enough dose and you mm. really break through uh often it almost um can appear your your surroundings can just kind of disintegrate and you are all yeah. of a sudden in a new place that you can open your eyes and look around and and it's it's there it's not just like a a trippy yeah. screensaver or something you know it's um often there's like Geometric boxes that keep opening, or pyramids that will open with more and more fractal geometric things. Often there's kind of um, I've had like weird entities that are almost giggling and showing me these extremely unexplainable things. And to me, it almost sometimes seems like you're seeing the cogs of reality. Um, um, I don't know if it, all this is probably. It could just be bullshit. Uh, it I've could... listened to a lot of a lot of Terrence McKenna lectures. Yeah, he's great, isn't he? Um, yes describes just that um but with your artwork it's a very different interpretation but i get the sense it almost some of them almost look like you but know it's kind of like mid- a motherboard or uh, it yeah. does look like the workings of uh, reality um mm. but a real mix i mean you use symbology you you'll mix it with a portrait often um but yeah i'm i'm wondering so throughout this entire experience before you even knew it was a tumour, you were making that style of work? Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. And were those... uh, How pre-planned are these um, paintings?
1: Oh, they're zero. Right. I start from large formal
0: elements and
1: then I just... It's a very additive process. Like, I'll make, like, an aqua square... Uh, red triangle and uh, black sphere and then those all beckon in my creative creative um in, in my creative flow to uh add onto those into those like a, uh, 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 uh no sorry um Oh, are you still there?
0: Yep, still here.
1: Oh, okay. Um, it, 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 it's like each, each, each. Uh, everything I put into the work beckons. Um, uh, some other reaction to it. Mm-hmm. Until the space is completely filled up and everything is interconnected and having a conversation with everything else in conversation with everything else so i guess that's uh, what creates the, the cerebral type of motherboard kind of feeling because literally everything is a visual conversation mm. in my brain as it comes out onto the onto the, the painting
0: are these directly and... linked to um hallucinations or visions that you've had or is it oh no no,
1: no. i mean they're they're directly linked to, I think, the feeling of um, of of, um, of psychosis. Of I do to Kind of the, a variety the, like, of things. Yeah, the the the, the, the feeling of um, a climax, like a you know, like a. Um, like a uh, kind of like a hallucinogenic climax in a way, when everything is kind of at an apex and you start to kind of lose, you feel like you're gonna just like go crazy. Mm-hmm. Then, uh,
0: mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's definitely got that fragmented kind of. Uh, well, it's a mix between chaos and confusion and and real harmony as well. You know, it's, yeah. Um, <clears throat> how much meaning do you put into your pieces? Are you trying to? Um, yeah, you say it's a conversation, but are you are you trying to have any kind of message that you put into each work or?
1: Oh no, I'm trying to uh,
0: let the
1: message kind of reveal itself mm-hmm. in an organic way. I think it's really interesting. Uh,
0: Just losing you a bit there with reception. Different sorts of um
1: Oh, sorry. Counter uh, taking taking uh, images from different vernaculars and combining them and creating a conversation with a like-minded and and on in in dissimilar um, symbols and shapes and juxtaposing them to create a tension or an evolving. New creative language or dialect. Hmm.
0: Do you um, feel like your subconscious has almost become? Is are you guided by your subconscious? Do you do you feel like your subconscious is almost kind of being a messenger in su- in any way? That might be a bit of a weird question.
1: Oh, it's totally a weird question because how would I know? Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but yes, very much so. Hmm. Yeah well that's kind of weird because it's all very con- it, I am my paintings are probably the most conscious paintings I don't think I mean I think in the end um, you know they kind of demand the reading of sorts which you've sort of pointed out um, mm. but they uh, the, I'm always seeing subconscious or at least uh, uh Seeing some things that are of a subconscious nature in my work, the more I read them or studying them, that I'm always seeing uh, new things in them or mm-hmm. imposing new things into them. And um, that kind of always keep my brain busy. That's, you know, I've had some paintings for nearly 20 years that I look at all the time and I. Uh, look at my paintings all the time and they always kinda keep my uh brain busy with fascination and meaning and mm.
0: mine too. Uh, <laughs> they keep my brain busy pretty <laughs> quite a lot as well, man. Thanks. Mm. They're they're really beautiful pieces. Uh, they they and they're just so unique. They really are incredibly um incredibly unique. I've never seen anything like them really. Um, oh, thank you. So yeah, you're saying you you don't um you probably will never try DMT. I'm assuming, based uh, on your yeah. Mm. Um, however, well, I have like a, I
1: mean, I'm I'm a kind of an exercise fanatic, and I um, hope to one day after doing like 20 years of yoga, maybe I'll have like a major breakthrough of yoga where my body is completely in harmony, and I don't feel like I'm going to have any sort of chemical mm. imbalance or reaction in my body then i might t- do it <laughs> mm. now i now is not the time the past 20 years hasn't been the time yep yep
0: um you said that you've you've done a bit of you know other psychedelics acid and um and psilocybin psilocybin mushrooms um do you still take them at all
1: Experiment? uh last time i did acid i was probably 17 i'm 42 right. now mm-hmm. um i was i was um microdosing for um many like three years but I had a I went to Europe and I was taking a low dose of an anti-anxiety medication when I came back I got some mushrooms and I took one big stem on the way to the Grand Canyon and um for some reason I guess I read that you it's really bad idea to mix anti-anxiety medication with psilocybin
0: I didn't know that all right uh, neither did I
1: I just like it was terrible. Like my stomach, my first thing, and just saw my stomach turn, and I like thought I was gonna like have a heart attack, and everything was kind of tinny and evil, and hmm. I, just awful. Like having really just terrible time. So it's like, hey, eh, maybe I'm just too sensitive to keep doing dumb things, and I'm getting older. But it'll. I pretty great uh, great time microdosing for a few years but also with that you know sometimes if it becomes such a habit you do it and like you just be like man I and mean, maybe just a little too much and you're just like i don't feel like tripping right now and it feels mm. like like a huge annoyance <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: But, but a lot of the times it was just kind of a great way to uh entertain myself and yep and kind of feel enlightened and uh, happy, light and happy, I guess.
0: Yeah. I believe – I could be wrong here. I have to fact-check this one. But I believe psilocybin is uh, kind of closely related to DMT. Um, yeah. And I've, I've had um, synthetic psilocybin before, which oh, I think I is called – yeah, it's it's pretty different. It was called the A C O D M T something. Um, I tried that while I was in New York actually, and uh-huh. that had a, a kind of an interactive. I mean, there, there's elements that can come out from mush from mushrooms, or at least psilocybin, that are relatively similar, more so than like LSD, in my experience. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I guess maybe you know, if if you're open to mushrooms, you probably can still. Till you know, get a taste, I guess, <laughs> without committing to the whole, to the to the big dynamite that is DMT. Um, did you when you after you had the surgery? Did you feel like it changed you as a person at all? Um, uh, not at all. Not at all. And how um, quickly did all those um, horrible, well, ex, uh, experience of that you're going through, all those uh, symptoms, um, how, how quickly did they, do you still have any kind of symptoms like that?
1: Um, not really. Uh, I was well, I, you know, I started having those symptoms like around, the, like in 2000. And uh, by 2005, I was exercising a lot, eating healthy. I did have them, but they went from every day few times a day to like um, sometimes once a week to a few times a month. But uh, they, mean, when they have, and I still have them um, not, but now they're not so much mental. Um, They're more, uh, well, they are mental, but it's more of a chronic fatigue kind of feeling like uh, just like my brain. Won't really, uh, it feels like it can't really catch up to itself. Like it's kind of like my brain is like lifting a weight that it can't, um, doesn't have really the strength to hold up, and uh, my body will hurt pretty badly. But um, after I had brain surgery and I had the tumor removed, really, I mean, not really much changed i mean everything is kind of a progression of just um my me working on um my health Mm. in terms of uh knowing my triggers if there are any and and a trigger would be like uh getting up in the morning and drinking coffee and sitting down at the computer and getting uh kind of a two into something where i should have just walked away and uh gotten some fresh air then you know it might be at the groceries In an instance like that it would be like if i were at the grocery store and i'd just be like just unable to uh really figure out why the hell i was at the grocery store like everything just kind of feeling extremely off balance <clears throat> but um yeah i mean uh all that stuff kind of i, I kind of threw um diligence and uh just working on my health i was able to get better to the point to uh, where i'm doing okay i haven't driven a car since that episode with uh, the uh, antipsychotic when i was 24 that was the last mm. time i ever drove
0: but uh, yeah who needs man it <laughs> sounds traumatic dude I'm, I'm so glad that you're you know in a better place now really oh, thank you um, yeah. have you ever been like the subject of any kind of scientific study I mean I know that it's, oh, it's no. yeah I found that hard to believe I mean not hard I mean I, uh, it seems like an opportunity missed because it uh, is this a common um, type of tumor or is it pretty rare
1: no no it's 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 very rare and it usually um, it's a pediatric tumor generally or in a, um, it's very rare in adults um, from uh 18 to 30 Hmm. i was diagnosed when i was 29 Hmm. yeah it's 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 fairly rare fairly rare yes it is rare it's rare yes
0: are you aware of any other people that have gone through similar things to you i had a friend that had a
1: pineal gland tumor but she had one that was much more aggressive and cancerous and she had it removed and she's fine wow she didn't have the same kind of a psychological things that I had but uh, as I was saying I don't know how much of uh, my uh, mental illness had to do with uh, the tumor but I definitely think that they uh, made each other worse mm. Did and you? and I shouldn't have been given and that I shouldn't have been at least uh, given a CAT scan when I was or a uh, brain scan when I was first complaining of it
0: mm. yeah how did you, um, is this friend that also had a, a pineal gland tumor, did you meet her as a result of your illness, or is this just completely oh, coincidental? No,
1: no uh, coincidental. Wow. She actually, I haven't actually seen her in years. I lived in Providence, Rhode Island in 2008, and I met her, and then uh, now we're just connected on Facebook. She's she was had that tumor removed years ago. I did have a young lady contact me. Um, she's about twenty years younger than me, and she just grad had just graduated from my high school that I went to, and she had a pineal gland tumor. I haven't really caught up with her. She just sent me a, like one message on my on my uh, website, but i have not talk to her about that because i get a lot of uh messages
0: yeah oh well thank you for uh for accepting my invitation then man (laughs) if you you get a lot of messages i appreciate it
1: (laughs) oh this i've this is the third podcast i've done kind of the same story trying Mm. to get better at telling it because i feel like i have a little bit of expressive aphasia where i have a hard time getting my um thoughts and words to my mouth
0: no you're doing great (laughs) Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, uh, you're kind of mentioning like you do a lot of yoga. I was wondering if you have much of a spiritual practice because I've kind of seen some of your uh, uh, just a couple of videos that are on YouTube and and also some of your tattoos look Uh-oh. pretty kind of occulty <laughs> and cool. It looks like you're you have quite yeah. an interest in the metaphysical or um, you know the other realms. Was...
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Mm. Um, not so much as in, uh And I'm extremely interested in um, medieval illuminated manuscripts of alchemy and uh, Dutch paintings of uh, like 14th through the 16th century Dutch paintings Mm I'd like to be more disciplined with um, getting to meditation practice, but um, I think that'll be something that will uh, I'll definitely gravitate towards more the older I get, but I very much do a, um, I have a very strong yoga practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, mean, I don't really have uh, any sort of um, what do you call it uh, when you're religious? What is it called? A secular, I have a secular kind of uh, admiration for religious practices. Mm. I don't really adhere to any
0: one thing. Yep. Yep. Um, kind
1: of like symbols and objects, as like talismans, energy
0: objects.
1: I guess. Hmm. Yep. Feel an inherent sort of vibe from things.
0: Do you have any um, uh, other music or art that kind of has really um, that you feel just kind of is really in sync with kind of your experience? Where you're just like, yep, that person gets it. That's really like.
1: Like, um, you mean musical artists that I like?
0: Music or art or any other kind of creative expression that's, um, well, I suppose maybe that question isn't quite as relevant if these images aren't actually kind of really trying to depict any visions that you've particularly had. But, um, hmm. Have you had any kind of relationship with, with the metaphysical? Like throughout all this experience, I mean, you mentioned before about it felt like there was a demon entity um, within oh, yeah, yeah. you. Um, DMT is often, I've, I've met creatures, I've met things, I've met entities. Oh, yes. Um, many people <laughs> report on this. I'm, I'm wondering if you've had any of these kinds of experience without, uh, without that drug.
1: Not really. I mean, I've definitely um, went through a few years where I would kind of uh, become um, joyously unwound, I guess. Maybe uh, maybe why they would uh, my doctors kind of would classify me as uh, in the schizoaffective disorder realm because uh, they, 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 they definitely had a uh, experiences that i kind of felt like i was in touch with god in a way Mm. i just i don't know i just felt like um an extreme amount of energy and i just felt like kind of like the thumbprint of god was on my forehead or something but i probably i think probably a lot of young individuals feel that at some point in their (laughs) lives they just feel kind of rather ecstatic and kind of off their gourd with uh, being kind of jubilant and happy, and uh, just kind of make a manic ass of themselves.
0: <laughs> Could have started a cult, mate. I like that uh, that imagery—a thumbprint kind of tattooed on the where the third eye should be. It's a good, it's a good well, cult a, symbol.
1: <laughs> before I, before I became uh, before after I graduated uh, and really started experiencing. Very negative effects of mental illness. I would um, often have um, uh, times when I felt like I was somebody had dosed me with acid. Mm. Like I would have, like, would uh, the, the, what Dr. Straussman uh, was searching for the um, spontaneous mystical experiences where I would just start uh, really feeling. Like I was uh, peaking on acid. Wow, that were in my teens when I would have those experiences, and there were few and far between. And you know? times, like I would get an ominous feeling like that, with like uh, thunderstorms before a storm. Like, really, the barometric pressure or something, the air would the electricity in the air would kind of cause me to have these kind of uh mystical kind of experience feelings
0: wow they never
1: really amounted to much but uh
0: something (laughs) yeah that's spooky man oh man i mean there's just so much we'll never know i guess um with all that yeah um also, you're, you do a lot of sculpture, and, and I've seen you've done some performances as well. Um, do these kind of – are these related to your painting practice at all, or are these – Yeah, I yeah. think
1: everything kind of relates to my painting practice. Mm. Kind of a – all in there's, – there's actually a German term for it. It's kind of a word I can't even really pronounce. It's actually in my catalogue. I can look it up right now, but uh... – the curator of a show that I had had written in. Uh, uh, against, um, <laughs> against some Gensam
0: Against some Kustowick.
1: Guess some Kustawick. Uh, it says Thornton creates a Guess some Kustawick around his life and studio, making paintings, music, ritual like objects, and clothes. On the service of rebuilding his mental pathways after a serious illness. But that means uh, just basically uh, everything you do is kind of uh, interconnected. At service to your, yes, at service to your daily practice of art. It's just like everything you do is your art. Right, right, right. Is pretty much what that means. And I kind of definitely feel I'm uh, in that category. Basically, everything I do do kind of services my art
0: mm. um i saw some of your uh performances where you're kind of yeah. uh just going nuts on some kind of electric guitar and 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 um yeah sounds mm. seems very spontaneous and expressive uh, was that guitar oh, yeah. is, is that an instrument that you made because it looked like yes. something yeah okay cool cool and that's electric yes wow so um, what kind of what kind of objects do you mainly make um
1: Um, I don't really. uh, The objects that you saw um, uh, on my website, the catalog for the show I just read you, I was given a um, grant for that show, and I was able to make a few sculptures that you see on my website, and they were just ideas I had kicking around in my mind for years, but generally I don't really make sculpture aside from my living spaces. Mm-hmm. My living spaces are kind of uh, more or less like an extension of my paintings. They kind of look like my paintings. Right, right. Surrounded by um, strange uh, room uh, feng shui and mm-hmm. lots of different uh, ephemeral or um, spiritual kitsch objects and antiques and antique toys and dolls and uh, deer antlers.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love that helmet you're wearing in that video as well. It's really awesome. Oh. <laughs> really cool. Yeah, I, I used to do
1: that. those uh, performances a lot more. Mm. Um, just kind of people would randomly ask me to open up for different bands or play it. <clears throat> play at uh, art shows or something but um yeah, that's happening less and less I haven't really done one in a couple years
0: yeah perhaps yep. I'm getting a little too old for it <laughs> I never know. never <laughs> um so if your works take so long like uh, sometimes years to even make um yeah how often do you exhibit oh I had a show in
1: 2017 mm-hmm I was just in a group show in l a that got cut short because of the coronavirus mm. and that was i had four pieces in that but uh I will probably won't have another I'll probably never have another show as long as I live. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> I'll have three or four pieces in a group show, but I probably won't have another solo show ever
0: really what why is that?
1: just for the reasons that you say. Just the, and, you know, the
0: time. Yeah, my paintings are
1: really, really small too. Hmm. Um, I don't, I, you know, unless I, I mean, I would love more than anything to not be the painter I am. Hmm. I would love to be, be able to, uh, and there's people that make paintings like mine, not like mine per se, but that are, you know, they do 20 paintings a year and I'm like, how the hell do they do that?
0: Uh, I'm I'm am a pretty slow painter as well, and it's um, yeah. When you watch artists that are really prolific, you, uh, a certain level of jealousy definitely comes in into play for sure. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, it's, just, it's just it's 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 just weird. I mean, I'm uh, I know quite a lot of people that are highly uh, involved in the art world, like the the art world, because I. Uh, I work at a artist residency in the summer, which got canceled this summer because the pandemic had been working for an artist residency in Maine for 20 years as a baker hmm. and uh, inundated with um, people coming out of grad school uh, in grad school or have been out for a while. And, um, you know,
0: they're all uh, highly involved in the art world. Have you ever tried to get in contact with like um, Alex and Allison Gray for the uh, Entheon or anything like that?
1: No, that's not my vibe. I no, don't okay. really. I, I, I mean, I think their work is uh, spectacular in one sense. I think it's incredibly bad in another sense. <laughs> okay. I think the way, I think how Alex Gray can paint is genius. Um, but there's always, I, I, I don't like their vibe. I really don't like the people around them. I wish that they would be able to separate themselves from.
0: It's quite I strange. Just, I,
1: I, I, I hate their, that whole new age scene. It's <laughs> fucking disgusting. And I hate these live paintings, like people going to like rave, <laughs> rave scenes and like painting during yeah, that yeah. shit. Yeah, fucking ugly. <laughs> and, uh, I, mean, I love, love your honesty, man. <laughs> they're, but their their technical skill is out of this world, you know. Like, but uh, I've unfortunately I, I've seen only for some reason. I mean, Alex Gray doesn't let his stuff out there. He puts prints of stuff out there, mm. and then they're printed on. They're printed on uh, canvas, which um, the ones I've seen are, are like printed on canvas with the gessoing lines still very visible. So right, right. the paintings I saw, they look fucking terrible. <laughs> it's like, man. Um, the thing with my work and they, uh, i mean, I, I the guy's amazing. Don't mm. get me wrong, but yep. I just that whole scene—I fucking hate. I really hate it. I think mm. it's disgusting for me my aesthetic but for I just wish that he had I, I wish that a lot of those incredible painters had critics around them that were outside of their bubble because they're fucking incredible painters but and they're painting insanely awesome things but they're oftentimes so bad because they're just so cheesy but they just don't you know, it doesn't seem authentic. It just seems, like, derivative. A lot I mean, of the- I'm sure they're visionary in a way, but it's also kind of like, this is as weird as you can get. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, you know, they, just not,
0: there's something about them that just makes me want to puke. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's it's kind of it is interesting. I went there, and I I think Alex and Alison Gray's work is amazing. The visionary art world awesome. that surrounds it, it is um there is a kind of odd cultiness almost. Um, it's 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 a strange, uh it's it's a lovely vibe when I went there. There's a lot of a I lot of love, like- but there's a lot of con- different worldviews. A lot of um, you know, a lot of people will put uh in like say for example the metaphysical dmt experience this is fact um you know having yeah. experienced it uh, many times i will plainly admit that i have no idea what our brain is capable of i have no idea if this is all a just completely manufactured hallucination or whether mm-hmm. we're actually peeking behind the veil i don't know i mean i've seen things that would suggest we're peeking behind the veil but what do i know mm-hmm. i'm just a fucking idiot artist (laughs) you know like but um yeah um a a lot of the that kind of world will it it, it's kind of i can't speak for them but a lot of that world it's it's taken as this is what's this is what's happening um where Mm -hmm. i don't necessarily uh, well i don't know it might be it might not be
1: i just want to like commercialize everything also which i think i mean more power to them. They need money. They need to live somehow. But just like making like blankets and coffee cups, it's just like, God, so tacky. <laughs> it's not art to me mm. at that point. I
0: just... guess we all got to survive though, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. You don't um, sell prints or anything? Oh, yeah. I sell a lot of prints. That's
1: actually been my uh, saving grace with yeah. um, how yeah. I how how I've how how I've been able to not uh, totally give up with a painting, hmm. one painting every couple years is by uh, selling prints. I've been uh, like a long time ago. I did a Kickstarter to go to an artist residency, and I, that was the first time I really um, earnestly tried to make and sell prints and i was kind of against it but i was convinced to do it by some younger kids that knew about that stuff so i did it and uh that's probably um many years later is how you've come to know my work uh some blog wrote about it or something and uh, i got a lot of um traction from that and some guy was like oh i know joe rogan give me a print and i'll give it to him and i was like oh whatever
0: so <laughs> i did that
1: then a couple of years after that joe rogan like mentioned me very briefly on his podcast
0: and uh, actually now that i think about it i think that's how i got onto you i remember him yeah. him mentioning that and i just like straight away hmm. just furiously researched everything that you'd done <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> which isn't much but thanks <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. But he it's... did that on uh, Dennis McKenna's
1: um, right ep- the episode. Dennis McKenna. Then again, he did it over this past summer. with yep. some other guy. Mm. that's uh, yep. been uh, very beneficial to me. So,
0: I've yeah, man. Tried. Well, it's well, it's well and truly. You know, the 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 attention is well and truly deserved. I think your work is. Um, it's mm-hmm. really, it's it's other. It's amazing. It's but it is. Yeah. It's from another dimension, man. I love it. (laughs) Thanks so much. It's really know when you are when you are the one that when you are the one that creates it. It's hard to uh, oh, the artist's curse, isn't it? it. Yeah. Yes. Uh,
1: Like I made it. I know how it's done. I know all the tricks.
0: Yep. It took me many years to. I mean, you know, when I look at one of my finished paintings, I just see all the imperfections and why it's completely not realistic. And took me quite a few years when if in my early days when people would say, oh my God, I love this painting. My instinct would be like, huh. no, it's terrible because the lighting source oh, is off here yeah. and, and I'd, and I'd highlight all the, um, the faults, which is the dumbest thing you can ever do because then the yeah. other person goes, oh yeah, <laughs> like you've just ruined the, uh, the magic for them. <laughs> so yeah. I'd yeah. I, I, I think,
1: it, I, I think I've finally getting over that in the past few years, mm-hmm. I was very much the same way. I would yep. just see everything wrong and everything, but um, yeah, I yeah, still, i uh, i've not been able to check out your instagram page yet but i definitely will after this conversation
0: not not at all that's so fine um dude i really want to thank you so much for making the time as i'm sure you do get bombarded with so many people with with questions and um i hope that i've done this interview of service for anyone else that may have uh, been wanting to ask you a question but um, I'm so also I'm so glad that um, I had no idea, I really had no idea how uh, bad the the years of this tumor would have been. I, I, I kind of imagined it would be like a, a strange hallucination, not a not a fucking demonic nightmare that you described so oh, well, it
1: um, was you know it's, it seems even. A little silly of me to have talked about it for so long. Not
0: at all. It's it's it's. I'm sure again because it's your life. It's probably not that fascinating, but it is incredibly fascinating from um from an outsider's perspective. Let me tell you. Thank you. Yeah. Um. So I'm really glad that you're doing well. And um. Please don't let that be your last solo exhibition. You, you, have, you have a duty <laughs> yeah. to everyone out there.
1: <laughs> well, I can have a solo exhibition of two or three
0: paintings. Yeah, that's fine by me. That's fine by me. Yeah. But um, uh, yeah, how, how would people find you? How do, um, how do people buy your prints? What's the best way to get? Oh, it's on my website, mm-hmm. uh, com. Great. And, and your Instagram account? Uh, same thing yep no sean thornton painting great fantastic um get onto it guys check it out it's amazing um sean thank you so much and oh, thank uh, you yeah take it easy everyone okay you too bye <laughs> cheers thanks